This podcast is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, check out our website at communitycovenant.net.
the university was, when I was, was closed by the government for one year or for political reasons. And here I was without any plan. So we received a call from another group in another city from InterVarsity saying, you guys have probably one or two people who will be interested in helping us because the group, that other group was suffering a lot. And I said, yes, I, I, I'm willing to go. So I went there for four months. And as a result, it was like a missionary experience. So after that, I said, well, uh, I, I think like I feel the call to, to serve the Lord. When I finished my studies uh, at the university, then I received an invitation from um, uh, Food for the Hungry International to work in Sonora, Mexico. And I accepted the invitation, and I was there for two years. And at that point, it was so clear for me that I wanted uh, to follow the Lord in those steps as missionary. So the, I started the journey at that point. Uh, it took me then more than 10 years to return to the mission field. Uh, and I did it with the Evangelical Covenant Church. Uh, yeah, for me it was, uh, I think, since I was very little, I was very conscious of the situation that was around me, people that were suffering, especially kids. And uh, when I was in high school, I was required to go to the more uh, private areas in Bogota to teach uh, people, adult people, to read and write. I was probably around 15, 16 years old. So I would walk through those streets and see how people live in poverty and how they didn't have opportunities. So I think the Lord was touching my heart since then. Then when I was at the university, um, my background is in health. I graduated from dentistry, and I had to do my full year of service in the mountains of Colombia. And again, the Lord put me in a situation when I was able to see the reality of the poor in my country, and uh, so God was talking to my heart. Uh, when I uh, graduated from the university, I immigrated to the United States, and I, I also was able to see the situation of many immigrants here in the United States. And then I was praying to God, you know, I know that you want me to give to you what you have given to me. I have felt so privileged and blessed that I want to give this back to people that need it. And uh, he put in my heart that he was working in my preparation to take me back to Latin America. So I decided to study public health. And then uh, we get married in the Bay Area. We, our home church is Berkeley Covenant Church. And uh, I was also blessed by the fact that my sweetheart <laughs> also had a call for mission. So we were together in that. So we, we make the... Uh, exploration to come to uh, Chicago to seminary for a full year, and then we were took back to Mexico as missionaries. So can you share with us a little bit about serving in Mexico, and specifically in Monterrey, mm -hmm. and then um, and then uh, where you are where you are headed, because you're also headed in a new direction as well. So. Yes. Um, we were called to, co to work in Monterrey. There is a presence. The Covenant Church is very strong in Mexico, but in the north in Monterrey, there, there is not um, 
church from the covenant church. So the way how they were ministering to people was through the Foundation for Family Development. It's a non-profit organization uh, that work in family issues. We Previously, we were working in Oakland, California, also with family issues among immigrants. So um, uh, the girl, the girl who were the founders of the foundation in Monterey knew about our desire to become missionaries and our background. So he contacted us, invited us to come down to Mexico. We did a visit there, and we were praying about that, praying about that. So we came to the foundation uh, 10 years ago. That's when you guys were so great to uh, support us because at that point we didn't have any contact with any churches. So we came here, and you be, you began to be our partners in that ministry. So the, through the foundation, we basically are um, outreaching to families uh, that are vulnerable. They come from different, for three different communities. So we provide services uh, to them uh, via uh, children's club, uh, youth club, women club. We also have Project Down that service. Um, families with kids with Down syndrome. So through the year we have been expanding to the point that the foundation is now a community center. So the kids and the women and the youth, they come every day for English classes, for music, for um, Zumba classes, the women. <laughs> we have environmental classes. Uh, we have also health. We address health issues, women health issues. And uh, of course we do have Bible study groups every Monday and every Friday with the youth. We have retreats and BBS. So the, the, the ministry through this year has been evolving. We have been sensing how the Lord has been making us make turns and be very flexible to what the community uh, tell us that they, uh, they would like to explore. Now you were there um, for 10 years, and in that time period you also were able to raise up leaders. Um, and the Family Foundation has now been passed on, is that correct, to, um, to, to some of the local leaders there. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, since the beginning, uh, somehow we sense that sooner or later we have to leave. And we were really strong with other missionaries and even with the national that the leaders of the foundation have to be Mexicans. So... Um, the process started many years ago, and we look up exactly to the volunteers at that point. We had uh, some uh, courses that we were facilitating, and we trained those facilitators to to facilitate the, the the courses. And they got involved. They got so excited about it, and to the point that they really believed that God was using them and God was calling them continue in that ministry. So uh, four years ago, uh, we appointed two women as directors, one for administration and one for the programs. And um, by the time that we left, that was a year ago, they continue. At this point, there are nine people in a, in a committee that they um, are the, like, uh, the directors of the whole ministry. But behind them also, there is a huge group of uh, volunteers, um, especially for uh, activities during summer, like BBS and other stuff. So 
so at the very end we make a huge celebration with all the volunteers and have a nice dinner for them and in our list we have 90 people that during the year in some way or another one they have been volunteers now many of those volunteers are from the same community and that's also our way to train more leaders into leadership so in the future we hope that the ministry will expand uh, even more but we will have uh, people with the capacities to to be the leaders of those new programs and just so that you all know um, just because um, John and Letha Curl um, who are a, a couple that they, they mentioned and um, and the Restrepos are no longer in, um, doing direct ministry in Monterrey we as a church continue to support the um, the family foundation um, financially we uh, get we uh, updates from them quarterly just celebrating the work that they are continuing to do in really some of the most difficult situations that um, that are, are going on in Mexico because for the last few years I don't know if many of you remember this but um, we were unable to send uh, groups uh, short-term missionary groups to join in the work because of the extreme violence that's going on in that area so simply knowing that we are able to support them through our prayers and financially is very important and uplifting for them as well but since you've left you have spent the last year um, just kind of examining where it is that the Lord wants you and and um, we exchanged some emails back and forth about this trip and we got to be the first ones to find out that the Lord has given you um, a new direction so would you like to share a little bit about that yes um, we're going to be moving to South Mexico to the state of Oaxaca we will be based in the uh, city of Oaxaca but um, the invitation came from the National Church to join a team of missionaries and national leaders working already there. Uh, there is some work in uh, economic development, also work in health issues, and there is a great necessity to work in domestic violence prevention. The incidence is very high. Also, we learned that uh, uh, human trafficking with children is, is very, very prevalent in Oaxaca. Uh, our work will be uh, focused in, in uh, leadership training, in capacity building, also helping the churches. There are about 15 to 20 uh, covenant churches in the Sierra of Oaxaca, small churches. Most of the people are willing to outreach to the communities in, uh, through transformational development projects, but they don't know how to begin, so they have asked us to help them to cast a vision and to train them in, in uh, pursuing the vision. So it's, uh, that's going to be our main role. So we will be basically traveling a, lo a lot around the area, visiting churches, encouraging the leadership to get involved, doing training, and hopefully uh, our passion is to work directly with the community. So uh, we, we still have to wait until we get there to see how all these things are going to happen. But that's basically what we will be doing in Oaxaca. So um, one of the things that I think is the most powerful about um, just the kind of what we've been doing over the past few weeks is hearing stories of transformation. So can you share with us over the past years maybe in Monterrey um, ways that you have seen lives 
or maybe one individual life transformed through the love of Jesus Christ? Um, I was um, uh, mostly working with uh, uh, youth in Monterrey, and we had a group, and the group was uh, very alive. Uh, we had uh, at one point more than 40 kids, and um, we were to the point that we were serving the community. Um, we together um, put a peace fair in one of the local schools, and all the facilitators for each table were part of our group. So at that point, we met Hector, and Hector was in the school, and it was so obvious that he was also part of a gang in the neighborhood. So, but Hector uh, surprised me in the sense that I, w I tried to approach him, and he didn't want that. He was, like, uh, avoiding me. So I said, that's fine. But little by little, he started coming to the foundation. And one of the characteristics of the groups is that it's very embracing and accepting new kids, even though this kid was aggressive and harassing other kids. Some of them came and said, I am afraid, I am afraid, he's going to do something. And I said, no, no, quiet, that's fine. Just accept him. At one point in one of the BBS, um, I invited him personally and said, I want you to help me. And he helped me to do the setup and the decorations for the BBS. And he was so excited, so excited. And I decided to dedicate time to him and accept him and love him. In a matter of a few weeks, he changed a lot. It was a dramatic change. Um, and then during our conversations, he said, my father left when I was three. You know, and that explains things. So her mom has to go outside and work in a restaurant almost for the whole day so he grew up in the streets, and he got involved with gangs. So you see this cycle there represented in this case. Um, and, the, and they were really poor. Um, her sister, his sister was 15, and in Mexico, being 15 is a quinceañera party. It's almost like a wedding, and you spend a lot of money and energy just for that day. And she said, my birthday was last Monday, and I didn't have any party. So it was the reality that they, they were facing. Um, anyway, going back to Hector, he, he got involved. He met the Lord. He um, was transformed, and every, everybody could see him. At this point, he's one of the nine leaders of the foundation. And he's in charge of a small library that we put to serve the, the youth with computers online as a academic support. And he's one of the administrators of that um, library. So now he's going back to school, and he's um, trying to get college as soon as he can. So that's Hector. And I don't know if we have time, but he has some other stories. Well, uh, there is a lady whose name
stayed outside to wait until the session is, uh, is finished. And then one day we approached her and two other women and say, wait, why don't you come in and sit down? You can wait inside. And they were kind of, uh, how do you say it? Uh, they knew that we were uh, evangelicals. They are Catholics. Most of them are Catholics. So they were kind of very, how do you say it? Uh, yes, yes. So they didn't want to. We didn't want to push that. But then uh, the next day we say, hi, how are you? So we became closer and closer so they felt more comfortable. And they started to come in and see. Then we began to talk. One day she said to me, uh, after talking and, and talking about women issues and family issues, uh, one day she said, we would like to, to explore the Bible. We, like, we know that you read the Bible here. We want to know more about the Bible. And that's the moment I was waiting for. I was just containing myself every day to not say anything. So she opened the door and we said, oh, yes, we can. Yes, let's get together. So we began to get together and I would not, I would not make a plan for that. I wanted to listen what their concerns were. So they began to kind of put a list of, uh, of topics, and we will approach the scriptures through that. So they learn how relevant is God to their lives, how close God is in their lives, and how much the Lord loves them. They began to invite more women uh, to the point that we, uh, when we left, there was a, gr a group of about 25 women getting together every Monday to read the Bible and to pray. And Adriana, through the years, has been she, she received the Lord, she's been growing, and now she's the leader of the group. Uh, one day, we, we, uh, the lady was help, the person that was helping us as a secretary, she left, and uh, with the, the team was trying to figure out what to do and who we invite to for this position, so we said, Adriana. So I, I called Adriana, and I asked her if she would take the position, and she said, no, no, party, I cannot, I haven't even finished my my high school. So we said to her, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And we're going to be walking alongside you. Know, we're going to train you. Whatever difficulty you have, we're here to support you. So she's been the, 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 admi the administrative assistant for about three years already. And when you see her, you know, I have a picture of her when she came. She barely talked. She was very quiet, very timid. Now she's one of the, the team leaders. She is just she has grown amazingly. She's coming to, ch to church faithfully, and she uh, and her two daughters are coming with her, and the daughters are also leaders of the youth group. Thank you. Now I imagine that over the years you've also found that the Lord has transformed your own life and your own heart as you have walked alongside people as you have discipled, as you have been discipled yourself. Um, can you share with us ways that you have seen transformation um, in your own lives being a part of the mission of God? One of the things that um, is a constant um, thing in our relationship with God is to, to put our trust things that we always feel that we are unable to 
for family life, you know, changing is uh, is a uh, is good, but at the same time, it's challenging. Alexander was saying for health, uh, for a sense of nostalgia, leaving our parents uh, and family behind, especially our parents are aging, and so it is that's why it's it's hard. Uh, for your prayers, I think that's the most important thing to us to know that we have partners like you that even though you are not there physically, to know that you are praying for us. That's very powerful and means a lot to us. And I want to thank you that. And also, uh, I will I would like to say that um, being part of the global mission is so as as important as the local mission. And know how God is working in many different ways. And I appreciate very much. Uh, I just learned that you sponsor more than 100 kids for Covenant Kids. That is so wonderful. I just really, really want to thank you for that. And I want to point you to an article that has been published in the last, uh, not Companion, but uh, Christianity Today magazine. Is, is a research project that it was actually conducted by a covenanter in Berkeley Covenant Church. He is a, a economist, and he followed uh, the uh, sponsorship programs and evaluated if they work or not. It will really make a difference in the children's lives, and it's just the results are just amazing, very affirming. So I thank you very much for that, for being, being part of mission and for supporting Covenant Kids. Now, um, I'm going to ask everybody to, um, to do something here. I would like for us, um, as a congregation, as a, as a body of Christ, to stand up as we pray a blessing for um, Lissandro and Patty. And if you would just join with me. Um, Pastor Brad, I'm going to ask you to come up here and just... Do you come up? Yeah. He's not doing anything today, so I thought it would be good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yes, you pray. God, we thank you for the gentle way in which you nudge us to take the next step. Sometimes that nudging comes in the midst of our own distractions, in the midst of completing our educations, in the midst of uh, uh, preparing for a professional career. And we thank you that in the case of the Restrepos, that they were not too busy to hear that calling. And like them, I pray that uh, if there's somebody here today you are nudging, that you are are as relentless in your pursuit of them and your desire to nudge them into ministry and mission as you have been with the Restrepos. God, we thank you for the ten years of uh, faithful ministry that we have had a privilege to be part of in Monterey. We thank you for uh, the openness of the Restrepos to follow your call to Oaxaca and and virtually the opposite end of the country of Mexico, and we pray that you will continue to open doors and opportunities for them as they take step-by-step faithful 
faithful steps, faithful decisions to follow you, even though they don't know exactly what that might mean and where that might lead. God, as a congregation that cares about mission, both around the corner and around the globe, we commit these, uh, this couple and their family to you as they continue to serve on our behalf. In the name of Jesus Christ,